1: Listen up, it doesn't fail. If you refuse and are stiff-necked, it's going to cost you. You see, disobedience never leads to good stuff. In my life or a student's life, never. So we have to realize at a young age, as we do as an old person, there are unending temptations from Satan. They're always there. And we have to look just say, no.
0: What is peer pressure? According to the Bible, Pastor Mark will talk to adults and teens about this important topic. One of the biggest threats to your life is the pull to care more about what people think about you rather than what God thinks about you, to care more about what people want you to do than what God commands you to do. This is because, for better or worse, your close relationships will direct the life you live. Children are designed to imitate their parents. So Pastor Mark challenges parents to teach and model how to live life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 9, with our continuing study entitled, Wisdom in the Home.
1: and just to sit over here in this chair and go, okay, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. I couldn't do that when I was a kid. You know, I walked 12 miles to the snow when I was a kid going to. You remember some of those things. And just giving us that stuff over and over. It's more than that. It's like, let me show you how it's done. So you take them aside and they follow that example. Well, there's more to this. Solomon goes on. As he's talking about that command in verse 9, we give the outcome. We see the outcome if a student, if a child... Every young person obeys. It says this. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. In the New Living Translation, it says this. What you learn from your parents will crown you with grace and clothe you with honor. Today, Kids, especially those that have bucks, get these huge gold chains, you know, but like that. And you wonder how in the world do these kids buy these things and put them around their neck, and they adorn their neck. Well, this is what Solomon's saying. He says, instead of chains that can be bought, big gold chains that can put around there. Solomon says this: if you'll obey your parents, if you'll follow their guidance, it will crown your life with grace. And make ye honorable. In other words, it will show. If a student or a young person obeys their parents, there will be a charisma in their life. There will be a peace in their life. Now, they won't always enjoy it, because we want to do our own thing. But if you will be obedient, there will be a part of your life that when people see you walking, it's as if you had gold chains around you. Your life is going right. You're obeying your parents. That's what Solomon says. Now, Solomon knew from what he was talking. Because he had another brother that did not obey at all. Now, we'll talk more about that in a moment. Now, verse 8 and 9, there's one thing you want to write by verse 8 and 9. This assumes that both parents already fear God and they love God. And they're growing in knowledge. Remember back in verse five from last uh, two weeks ago. In verse five, and the wise continue to get wiser. It's not like the parents go, "Well, you know, I, I've been a parent now, and I'm learning things since I was 22, but I've been a parent 30 years, and it's fine." No, that's not the kind of parent that you're still supposed to be learning. You're supposed to be getting wise. Now Solomon goes on. He says something very interesting, and I want to give you three possibilities, three scenarios involving the command and the obedience that he just gave. Here's the first one. You see down the overhead. Let's suggest tonight that at this table in a home, both parents are Christians, and the children or the students, the young people, are obedient. What is the outcome? What can we expect from this home? What will happen in this home if both children obey godly parents? If they do that, what you can expect is these children at a young age will understand authority. Is that an important thing? Well, oh, it's a very important thing. They will understand that somebody's in charge. And it's not them. They will understand that at a young age. That will go well for them. Because then later, when they go to school, remember, initially there was no school. There was no church. There was no government. It was the home's responsibility to raise the children. That's not changed. We'll talk more about that later. But later, these kids would get driver's licenses. When they saw the speed limit, if they learned authority in the home at a young age, would it help them as they learned to drive? Certainly. When they get their first job, and the boss says you have to be here at 9 o'clock in the morning, Learning that at a young age, will that help them in a job? Yes, it will. Then the third step of that is, so initially they learn to submit to authority in the home. Then they learn to submit to authority outside the home. And then eventually they become the authority. You see, if you can submit to authority, you can have authority. So they'll become, these kids will grow up and will change places. They'll come over here. They'll be the mom, they'll be the dad, they'll be the owners, they'll be raising the kids, they'll be the people that have a shop and say, you have to be here at 9 o'clock. See how it works? All of that comes from a mom and a dad that love God, and children that are overall, overall obedient. Are there any perfect homes? No. So you don't have a mom and dad that are perfect, and you don't have children that always obey. But I'm talking in general. That's the scenario. By the way, what I just described for you is God's plan. A mother, a dad, both love the Lord. They raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. The kids come to know the Lord at a young age. They understand it. They're normal kids. They get in trouble. All the rest of the stuff. Parents fail all like Just like all of us do. But overall, good stuff comes out of that. That's the plan. That was created in the Garden of Eden. But sin came in, made it tougher. That's where we live today. It moved out, but the plan is exactly the same. Now, let's go to the second scenario. Parents know God, but the students or the children overall are disobedient. They don't follow God. They don't want to have anything to do with God. Now, what happens? Well, look at verse 9. Just read it a different way. Read it in the negative. Let me give you my paraphrase of it. Since you refuse to obey and be submissive, instead of a submissive neck, watch, instead of this submissive neck that had what, the gold about it, what kind of a neck would a kid have if he refuses? He'll have a stiff neck. He'll be a stiff neck person, refusing to submit. The Bible has a lot to say. If you want homework this week, follow stiff neck through you'll come across some very interesting verses. So you'll have a stiff neck, and it will lead you down a road of destruction. So, in this particular case, Solomon, and and I'll have more to say about it, in verse 10 to 19, just just let me follow it. In verse 10 to 19, here's what it says. Always, you have a parent saying, come this way, come this way. Always, there is an alternative road. And it's usually unsaved kids. And they say, oh no, come this way. This is the peer pressure. Peer pressure can destroy a young person. So, verses 10 through 19, talk about that. We'll pick that up next week. Now, let me go back. While I was in Bradford, England, I taught one night and this young, good-looking young kid came and at the end of the service and he said, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. He says, my name's Mark. I said, I won't have any problem remembering. Sit down. So we talked. And as I sat down with him, he said this, really sharp guy. He said, I'm 27. He said, I had Christian parents. But at a young age, as a teenager, decided to do my own thing. I got away from God. I said, well, what do you want to talk about? What's happening here? He said this, I've just now at 27, in the last year, come back to God. I've been on heroin since a teenager. And he said, can you tell me, now that I've come back to God, I've been clean about four months, three or four months. Can you tell me how to really grow in my life? And so I went through and gave him some biblical things and talked to him and talked to to the pastor, make sure he's hooked in and has good accountability group, all the rest of the stuff. But but see, that's the young person who sat across from, here he is, and he sat across from a mom and a dad who loved God, weren't perfect, but said, do this. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. So he went down his own road. Not Now, every kid that goes down that road doesn't end up on heroin. But you'll end up on a bunch of stuff you don't want. And that's why Solomon says, Teenager, listen up. It, it doesn't fail. If you refuse and are stiff-necked, it's going to cost you. You see, disobedience never leads to good stuff. In my life or a student's life. Never. So we have to realize at a young age as we do as an old person, there are unending temptations from Satan. They're always there. And we have to just say no. Third situation. Now, I want you to follow this one because this is a very interesting one. Neither parent, or if it was a single parent, the single parent doesn't know God. Neither parent, or the single parent, doesn't, no God. Let's just use a scenario. Here's mom and dad. They don't know God. We have the children on this side of the table. What am I passing down to them in a spiritual area? How much? Nothing. Now, I, w- I want you to want something. Okay. So these kids have nothing given to them. We got that right spiritually. There's no knowledge. There's no, no interest. There's nothing. Let's move it ahead a generation. Follow me? Here we go. Now we're over here. Those kids are now here. Now they've had kids. What are they passing down? Now how long do we do that before the country has... That's England. That's Scotland. And the United States is headed down exactly the same road. Scotland, England, around 2-3% to of the people go to church, period. The biggest religion in England today Muslim in the old Church of Scotland and Church of England churches they're buying them and moving their mosque into them you see how that happened watch right here right here why Didn't follow God's principle. When I was there in England, I talked to one of the, the pastor, the senior pastor there. His son, young son, is a teenage guy, and he's out working, a young married guy, and he's out working with the kids in the street. They have a lot of prostitutes there and drugs, and it's a city of about 500,000 people. Really, very progressive city. He says it just shocked him the other day, went out on the street witnessing some kids, and he said to him, hey, let me talk to you about God and Jesus. And the kid said, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with your Jesus. We don't believe in Jesus. We don't have any need for Jesus. We don't even believe Jesus is real. Just get out of here. Now, where did they learn that? They learned it here. Learned it at home. As I went along with that story, we were coming back into Scotland, and I was with the pastor of uh, the Dunfolden church, and I said to them, what's with the kids here? And she says, let me tell you something that's very shocking. She says, in Scotland, there's a weekly disco for the kids. And I said, what do you mean for the kids? She said, there's a weekly disco dance, and it's incredibly popular for the kids. I said, well, what else is new? She said, no, you don't understand. The kids are five to 7 years olds And the little girls wear the spaghetti strap, and they dress up sexually, all kinds of by their parents. Five-year-old. Now, where's that pass from? Right here. You know, you have the picture and you go, this is impossible. But that's happening. We were in uh, our hotel room for a couple nights. We stayed normally in one of the houses in the dorm. I'll tell you about that in another week. It's just wonderful. Like six channels, I flipped it on as MTV. I said, I don't want to watch that. Before I could flip it, total nudity. I said, on MTV? Yeah, in Europe, all nudity. BC, the regular program put on by the English, full nudity. Regular television. By the way, it's coming to the United States. Now, how is that happening? So what's influencing our kids? It's gone from here. The world's picked it up. Now, when you look at that, you have to stop and say, well, are we any better in the United States? Not really. Same kind of stuff is happening here. So these parents have nothing to pass on to them. Just imagine what what happened happen if June and Ward Cleaver were negotiating family life these days? The scenario might go something like this. They meet at an office. She's in marketing. He's in sales. They move in together. They date for a couple of months. A year later, June gets pregnant. What to do? Neither feels quite ready to make it legal and there's no pressure from parents at all because their parents already are divorced and remarried themselves. The article goes on. So little Wally is welcomed into the world with June's last name on a birth certificate. A few, la- few years later, June gets pregnant again with another man, and there's still no need for marriage. Now this is what's happening in the United States. And I've got statistics. Uh, but Let me just show whether you are here. In 1950, the percent of all households who were unmarried was 22%. Today, householders, the head of the house, 48%. But the tremendous number of our kids are being raised in a home where they're maybe a mom and a dad, tremendous percentage aren't married. Or they have, as one article I was reading, the lady said, I've had I have three children from three different men, didn't need to marry any of them. I'm self sufficient. Now you put those three kids on this side of the table, my friends, what do we have? And then we say it's a kid's fault. No, it isn't a kid's fault, it's a mom and dad's fault. But where did it go back to? It went back to their homes where there was no godly influence. As you look at that, as I look at that, a few weeks ago something just came across, just hit me smack in the head. And I want to put it up on the overhead for you. 50% of the world's population tonight is under 18. I want you to stop and think about that for a moment. 50% of over 6 billion people are under 18. Well, when we look at all this, we go, Is there any hope? Yes. And I'm going to share with you tonight what the hope comes from. There's great hope. We can turn our society around. Now, as you think about this, where is the hope going to come from? It's going to come from two places. Number one, we have to teach Godly parents how to pass on their wisdom. We have to teach parents who who want to know God. Well, first of all, I guess you have a first step even before that. We want to get parents saved. And I believe that's going to happen more and more and more. Because there's an emptiness in these homes without God. It was designed that way. So the first thing we have to do is obviously get them saved. The second thing we have to show we have to show the Adam and Eve how to. To share with their kids What life's all about In other words How to do that Now See we don't talk with our kids So our kids are learning sexuality Not from mom and dad Because mom and dad don't want to talk about it. oh, it's, it's. You can't talk about that What is wrong with you? you know where they're learning it from? From the MTV Do you see the USA Today? I have to bring it to you next week The bump and grind now Unbelievable, the dancing. They're learning it on the dance floor. Well, who should be teaching them? Mom and dad. Or mom. Or dad. But we have no time. You know, it's amazing that some of the cults do a better job at this than we do. Do you know the Mormons have had a family night for years? It's time for us Try to meditate and get with our kids. And I, it doesn't have to be Sunday night. There's nothing legalistic here, you know that. But we're going to try to get you some information. So you can sit and talk. And it's going to it's going to take a while to, to get your kids to open up. Especially teenagers. Where they can even talk to you. In any subject they want to talk to you about. Obviously, including God. So, that's the ideal. Well, what do we do with all the kids that do not have a Christian mom or dad, or Christian grandparents? What do we do with them? Well, that's the second step. We have to maintain excellence in this church, in our Sunday school, in our youth, in our Gen X area. We have to have excellence. We don't want babysitters. We don't have babysitters. We want to take our energy... And put it there. Many of you grandparents need to be in the Sunday school teaching. You have tremendous wisdom. Do you know many of our children don't have a dad role model at all? And they certainly don't have a grandpa. What an awesome thing to have that. So so remember, this is not the ideal. But we don't live in an ideal world. In the beginning was Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. That's the way it should be. It's not going to be that way. It'll never be that way again. So we have a two-pronged attack. We're going to try to help you that are parents in this body. As I was leaving Scotland, one of the guys said, here's a, here's a thing, and we used it in our church back in California. It was a great thing, and I looked it up. 52 weeks, little lessons for the home to teach kids. Wow. be awesome. Just develop it. One of the young guys a few weeks ago stopped me in prayer meeting. As God been working through this in my life? He saw me, and our th- Thursday morning, about 6.30, whatever, he came in, he says, you know, I just began teaching my, my kids. I've been in men's group, but I just began teaching our kids uh, whatever book he was teaching. He said, man, it's hard to bring it down. And, and I have to really study. I went, right on. Because he's teaching them about God. He said, it's awesome, but it's hard. And all the time, God was working this in my mind. You know, we're going to switch to whatever. Ooh, Three out of four, man, we got time now. No excuses. Second, why did we switch all this to Wednesday night? Well, eventually, if God continues to bless, we'll add a four-service. But there's another thing, and I want to speak to you from my heart. I believe it's time for us to get serious about serving God. It has to be done individually in the home. Remember, before a mom and dad can share their heart with their kids, guess what mom and dad have to be? Right with God. You can't be faking it. You're not going to be perfect. None of us are. But you have to be right with God. I mean, if anybody can see through, the kids can see through. So we have to get right with God. Well, how do we get right with God? Doing exactly what you're doing here. Awesome. You're here. You're studying God's Word. There's two other things I want you to put in the back of your mind. If you're really going to grow for the Lord I believe you have to have a quiet time yourself I believe you need to come to church services on a regular basis And somehow you need to get into some kind of accountability A small group Men's or ladies group Where somebody's going to hold you accountable I don't know how you're going to do that I'm just throwing it out there That's our responsibility And that's what I believe God has been showing me And I want you to just be with us By the way, it starts with prayer Turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, notice that's a key, and only a child of my mother, he
0: taught me. We can all agree that being a parent is the toughest job on earth. There are times when you may feel like you've done everything wrong. Do you have a child that is disobedient? Do you have a child that is a lot like the prodigal son? Pastor Mark told us that there are steps we can take to help in raising our children. Check your relationship with God. Where do you stand with Him?
2: You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County, and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website.
0: You may think you are all alone in parenting your children. Pastor Mark will challenge us to find other godly parents and seek advice from them. Then use God's Word to teach your children or grandchildren what God has done for them. Teach them the wisdom that is in the Bible and show them by your example how to live life right. Parents are to be authentic role models 24-7 and 365 days a year. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together... Let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your Lessons